pigs from Transylvania. That's a strange way of saying hello. Oh, I guess we're gonna have to get used to it. to the Everyday is Halloween podcast. As always, I'm Horror Guy Keenan. And right now, we are experiencing a hurricane. That's right, I'm talking to you guys on September 28th, 2022, the day Hurricane Ian touches down landfall here in uh, sunny Florida. And uh, the hurricane shutters are on the windows. Uh, the generator is out in the back, full with gasoline. And I got a roaring cup of coffee as a uh, Rain hits the window and lightning strikes outside with trees blowing all about. And I said, you know what? It's a good time to record the Halloween episode. I, uh, I have to be in the mode, the mood even, <laughs> to record an episode, you know? And with things, how busy they've been as of late, you know, my, uh, my art's picking up over on Etsy and a lot of new videos hitting the YouTube stream. Uh, if you guys want to check those out, those are a lot of, um, recordings of reviews and stuff from the comic book shop that I work at. So, uh, doing a lot of projects outside of the podcast, but I'm never forgetting about you guys. The podcast is number one. This is what I like to do most. I enjoy being behind, behind the camera with just recording my voice, uh, wanting to be a voice actor and everything. And I feel, um, more comfortable here, but I'm trying to get it there in the landscape. I'm trying to do the TikToks and all that stuff, but you know what? We're not here about me. No. We're here about the horror. We're here about the news. And uh, we're here about the reviews. Because, man, I saw some pretty good stuff over the last month. And uh, including the Munsters. Rob Zombie's The Munsters. I got an early press copy of that. Uh, but I've been waiting for Embargo to to let up. And I guess it's out now on Netflix. So we're going to talk about it. Along with uh, reviews for all the uh, Halloween Horror Night houses. We're going to give the houses horror ratings of how scary they were. Uh, Universal was gracious enough to invite me and a friend out to their press night. Uh, we had an absolute blast. But let's, uh, before we get into that, let's get uh, a song in here. And then we'll jump right into Newt. This is Rocky Erickson and the Aliens, Creature with the Atom Brain.
That's such a groovy tune. Uh, if you guys know anybody that has Halloween or spooky music out there that they'd like to get out, um, of course, you know, you can always shoot me a message at hallowseve365 at gmail.com, along with, uh, you know, messaging the, the Twitter, the Instagram, also hallowseve365, um, as well as uh, TikTok and all that. So, yeah, if you want to get some exposure out there, let me know. I'd be more than happy to play some independent spooky rock. All right. With that said, let's jump right into news. Haunted Mansion coming to theaters late summer 2023, starring Winona Ryder, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, Dan Levy, Hassan Majanj, and Lakeith Stanfield. Um, this should be a pretty cool little project, you know? People were kind of lukewarm after the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie. Uh I mean, it's not horrible. Apparently, people that have watched it recently said it kind of holds up. It just doesn't have any fun mythos with, like, the Haunted Mansion attraction itself. Like, all the characters that were established and built around that. I hear this film will definitely be diving into uh, the the fun stuff. The stuff that people love about the Haunted Mansion. Uh, And it's a pretty solid cast, man. Even with Jared Leto, which I know we're all kind of lukewarm on. Um He's playing the hatbox ghost, so that should be a fun like little role for him. I feel like Hollywood's just trying to turn Jared Leto into the new Johnny Depp, and nobody wants that. Like nobody wants a new Johnny Depp. They just want Johnny Depp or uh just something new. <laughs> but you know what? Good for you, Jared Leto, for trying, right? So here's a synopsis on this movie, alright? You ready for this? <clears throat> In this mysterious adventure, the doctor, Rosario Dawson, and her nine-year-old son, Chase Dillon. Looking to start a new life, move into a strangely affordable mansion in New Orleans, only to discover that the place is much more than they bargained for. Desperate for help, they contacted priest Owen Wilson. Is it Owen Wilson? Wait, is Owen Wilson? Yeah, Owen Wilson's in this. That's so weird. Wow. <clears throat> Sorry. They contact a priest who in turn enlists the aid of a widowed scientist turned failed paranormal expert, Stanfield, a French Quarter psychic, Hadish, and a crotchety historian, Danny DeVito. Uh, so yeah, that's that should be a fun little flick. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really liked uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I feel like Disney makes their best movies when they base them off their rides. Minus... Tomorrowland? Escape from Tomorrowland? Is that what it was called? I don't even remember. Uh, It wasn't that wasn't a bad movie. I just feel like it was kind of misguided. If that makes sense. Brad Bird's a genius. George Clooney's great. For some reason, that film just did not have legs to stand on. But uh, I have I have hopes for Haunted Mansion. I had hopes for Haunted Mansion, even whenever it was going to be a a film by Guillermo del Toro. You guys know if you've been listening to the podcast that I was just waiting for that film to happen. And but, you know, with Guillermo's busy schedule and him not wanting to bow down to the corporate masters thus is the mouse house uh he passed which is crazy because he loves the haunted mansion and i think he would have done the most amazing job with this fairy tale story telling but uh man you can't rush a genius and if that genius wants to make other projects while he's working on Haunted mansion you let him do that but of course disney being disney they have a window and like no you're going to focus on haunted mansion and that's all and in fact you're going to get it out at this time at this date and that's how that shit works now that's just not how Guillermo rolls. Oh, well. Uh, speaking of the Haunted Mansion, the Hatbox Ghost is coming to the Magic Kingdom in 2023. So next year, uh, the Hatbox Ghost will be, I want to say, back 
in the Orlando attraction. I know it was kind of a thing for a while. Like the Hatbox Ghost was kind of like a myth <laughs> before the internet, right? Like there was a, was a character and when they were slow opening the Honda Mansion in uh, California, uh, Disneyland, uh, people were like, there was this character called the Hatbox Ghost and like his head would be in the, the hat box and it would morph and disappear. And it was the craziest thing. Uh, but before like, you know, the internet and stuff when Disneyland opened, I think it was like the, the gag just didn't work very well. So uh, Disney couldn't figure out how to do it right. So they just removed the character entirely from the house. So like only a special few people were like, I remember the hat box ghost, man, I saw it. And it was kind of like this thing like, oh, did you? Or was it a ghost? I don't know. Uh, it's just, I love that stuff. I think it's, it's the one sad part about the internet is that everybody like now has facts and photos. I mean, I guess that's a good thing too. Uh, but then, yeah, I remember people starting to slowly post video of like opening weekend of Disneyland and like here's video uh, like on the attraction of the Hatbox Ghost or like really blurry photos. Like, oh shit, it was really a thing. How cool is that? Um, and then since then, I think maybe like five or seven years ago, um, Walt Disneyland put back the Honda, the the Hatbox Ghost, and like the the trick is super cool. The head disappears and goes into the box and like looks around, and it's, it's a really cool little gag. But yeah, we're finally getting it here and at the Magic Kingdom, which I think is super cool. Um, yeah, I know that's very local, uh, fun, but you know what else? Okay, uh, looks like Cloverfield Two is going to be a thing from Paramount. Um, that'll be interesting. Seeing as out there's other Cloverfield movies. Was it Cloverfield Lane? And I think there is a, a thing called Cloverfield too. But this will be like a legit sequel to the first Cloverfield. Because as we know, the first Cloverfield, the J.J. Abrams. I want to say, did he direct that? Was it a produce? I don't know. Anyways, that was the big monster movie. And that was super cool. The other ones are like, I don't know. They're subtly pseudo sequels, I guess you'd call them. So look forward to that one. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's. Uh, just released a new little teaser for his film Knock at the Cabin, which looks pretty cool. Uh, it kind of has Stranger Stranger Things now. Uh, the Strangers. It has those kind of vibes where people just kind of show up to your, your little house in the middle of nowhere and they're like, shit's about to go down. Uh, even with the, the kind of uh, questionable uh, take that Old took, uh, I still like M. Night Shyamalan. I think he does a really cool job with his stuff, and it's something different, so I always look forward to his stuff. Wednesday will premiere Thanksgiving weekend on Netflix. So uh, if you did not get your palate wet with the monsters and you still need some remake versions of your favorite black and white spooky families, Wednesday will be back. Uh, Jenna Ortega is taking the role of Wednesday Adams, uh, Luis Guzman as Gomez, and Catherine Zeta Jones. She dips beneath the lasers. Ooh. That's for all you workaholic fans out there. Uh, she's playing Morticia Adams. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be some other fun guests. I think there is a Pugsley, but I think it's a no-name kid and a bunch of others. I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I collect Pugsleys. That was a weird statement to say out loud. I Let me rephrase that. I can collect... I, I meet all Pugsleys. And this was by accident. Like, I just started meeting all the people that played Pugsley and things. Um, and so I'm just kind of keeping that going. I got to meet um, the original Pugsley, Ken, Ken Waxworth, at, at DragonCon before he passed. And he was such a delight. 
Uh, I may have told the stories here about how he uh, how he used to hang out with Lassie on the set of Adam's Family, and I thought that was so cool. Like he'd go into work and they'd have a lot of downtime, and so like he'd just walk right across over to the other soundstage, and a lot of times they would bring over a Lassie. But I mean, there's always different Lassies. But uh, same thing with Lisa Lorning, who played Wednesday in the original series. The two of them got to play with the with the Lassies on set. I thought it was super sweet. Anyways, um, and then randomly, I was at a a, a convention here in Orlando, and uh, the guy that played uh, Pugsley in the movies was there, and he was super sweet. And it was just one of those things like I didn't pay for it. Like I was just kind of like talking with him, and he was super cool, and he take took a photo with me. He was super chill, and I was like, all right, that's that's two Pugsleys. So now I got to meet Finn Wolfhard, who voiced Pugsley in the CGI Adams Family movie. And uh, I guess they replaced him in the second CGI animated movie with another kid. So now I got to meet that kid. And then I guess I got to meet this kid on Wednesday. It's starting to be too many, too many Pugsleys. <laughs> it's kind of like a sitcom, too many Pugsleys, too many cooks. Um... So yeah, yeah, that should be back on topic. Uh, Wednesday should be premiering Thanksgiving weekend. So when Halloween ends, we still have Halloween ends. We're gonna talk about that soon. Uh, when Halloween ends, we'll still have some spookiness coming in November uh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, Trick or treat coming back to theaters. Uh, when I say back to theaters, I mean theaters for the first time. Uh, some of you might remember that Trick or Treat was like slated to be out in theaters, but that was back whenever like. The movie studios had a giant fucking stick up their asses like not like they don't now but uh they were warner brothers was so like is this movie gonna make money i don't know let's just shelve it straight to blu-ray and dvd back before streaming was a thing and uh you know it killed mike daughtery like you know i was talking with him during the you know the the run of getting that movie out there and you know he sent me posters and everything to like help promote the movie and you know, nobody had heard of it. And I was like, go buy Trick or Treat. It's such an amazing movie. Like, if you're a Halloween fan, man, you're going to love this movie. And just nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. I dressed as Mr. Wilkins, the next door neighbor with all the chocolate throw up on his shoulder and had a, a pumpkin with a knife in it. And I was at a Halloween party and, like, nobody knew who I was. <laughs> oh, how the tides have turned, right? Now that movie is like a cult classic and there's so much merchandise and spirit stores. And now Warner Brothers is like, oh, man. I guess we should put this movie in theaters since like there's nothing in theaters and this movie's a freaking classic. Uh, so they're giving Mike Daughtery the 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 theater uh, advantage, and I'm hoping if this movie does well in theaters that the you know they'll make the sequel because the they greenlit the sequel with Legendary Pictures and then it just sat there for forever. So maybe this will be it. Maybe if we show some numbers in the theater theatrical run, we'll finally see Trick or Treat come. But that's gonna be uh, coming to theaters October 6th. So we got your tickets ASAP. Solar Opposites has a Halloween special coming out October 3rd on Hulu. Uh, for all of you that are sleeping on Solar Opposites, I highly, highly recommend you uh, give that show a whirl because it is so flippin' funny. And I get it. Yeah, you might be over Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon's humor from Rick and Morty, but this is almost like a palate cleanser. Like, if Rick and Morty bothers you, then, like, here's another version of that that you might actually like but honestly man like rick and morty's pretty freaking funny like i'm not i'm not in that camp to hate what's popular if it's smart writing and it's it it makes me laugh i'm gonna watch it so yeah no i love freaking solar opposites it's i think it's another show that nobody's watching that they should especially since there's so many movie references and if you're a horror fan there's a lot of horror winks in there 
Uh, so I highly recommend checking out Solar Opposites. And they got a Halloween special coming out, so check that out on October 3rd on Hulu. Bodies, 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 the, like, super social media infused horror movies coming out on blu-ray and digital october 18th um this stars um pete davidson and a bunch of other crazy kids uh all killing each other i don't know i haven't seen this movie it was like the one horror movie that came out in theaters and i was like nah, i don't know man it looks too teeny, bo- teeny boppery for me but i usually watch everything so you know i'll eventually get around to it and then there was a funny clip i saw online of this girl defending podcasts and how hard they were to make she's like leave me alone they take a lot of work and it's a big social upbringing that you have to work on it's supposed to be making fun of like you know kids these days uh kids these days uh their projects and stuff but i was like i relate to this all right shit i'm gonna have to watch this freaking movie elysium elysium brewing is releasing a chucky themed beer uh that's really cool i'm kind of excited for that uh i you know me i'm a stickler for really cool labels you know on beer uh, I'll drink a thousand pumpkin beers, but man, you put a slasher on that beer, I will buy a six pack. <laughs> so Elysian's doing pretty good. I mean, obviously it's to cross promote with the new Chucky season coming out on, uh, I guess USA and Peacock. Yeah, I think that's where it airs. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm all about that new Chucky coming out too. That's pretty rad. Uh, a fun little game that I played recently uh, and streamed on my Twitch stream, twitch.tv backslash users backslash horror underscore guy. Is the users a thing? Might just be twitch.tv backslash horror underscore guy. Either way, add horror underscore guy on your Twitch thing. I review a lot of horror movies. I played one recently, review movies, horror games on Twitch. Uh, I recently played a game called The Mortuary Assistant. The, my good buddies over at uh, Dread XP hooked me up with a copy of that, and I love promoting every single game they ever put out because their stuff is so good. Like, if there's anybody that's pioneering what makes games spooky and scary right now, it's Dread XP. Like, I've known these cats since the beginning, since the Dread X Collection 1. And uh, they get, like... They get independent game developers that are doing this for a community type thing and actually like pay them. So there's this thing called Ichio online where like people were just making games and putting them out there in the ether, you know, like little mini games. Like that's all they could afford to make. And they would like rig up scares and stuff and they were super good. And finally, like this company is backing, you know, like these kids that are creating this wild and spooky stuff. Uh, And they have been for a few years now. And, uh, this is like a test to the time, right? Like this game is so spooky. The mortuary assistant. Uh, I love this game. It's all about being locked in a, you're a, a mortuary assistant and it's your first day of training and you're, you know, you're the person's there and he's watching you and you know, you have a body and you have to do like the caps in the eyes to keep them closed and you sew the jaw up and you like all these things that like, or we're definitely from an actual you know, person that worked in a mortuary and put, adapt them in the game. But then there's that supernatural element where like you turn away the camera and then when you turn back, something's there or something's moving or the lights turn out and then pop in your face. Like all the stuff you love about jump scares, like kind of condensed into one little sleepy game. That's like you're by yourself in a rainy mor- uh, uh, mortuary overnight. Loved it. I absolutely love this game. Uh, well, it's getting the, uh, the film adaptation by Jeremy Kipp. Uh, apparently they're going to make a Mortuary Assistant movie 
so I'm not sure how that'll adapt over, but either way, if it's based on Mortuary System, I am so down. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait, you guys. Okay, we're going to jump into another song real quick, and when I get back, we're going to do some top horror comics that I've been reading at the shop, uh, and then jump into uh, Halloween Horror Night house reviews. So, see you soon. Shove my butt. 
Shove them up your Halloween booty. That was uh, the Dead Kennedys with Halloween. That was a, that was a good title for that song. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys are digging it. All right. So, as I mentioned before, uh, Universal Orlando was gracious enough to invite me and my friend Amanda out to Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, we had an absolutely wonderful time. Oh, it was a blast. Uh, I did a little Eddie Munson cosplay. She did uh, she did Chrissy from uh, we did Stranger Things and uh, had a few drinks. It's really cool. They uh, they brought us into Cabana Bay out the front and uh, you know bust us over to the parks and we got to go to a horror makeup show and hear from the creatives that were working on the the houses and streets this year. Uh, things ran a little bit differently this year. Obviously, the things they didn't talk about, which I'm pretty sure kind of led into things a little bit, was like pre-COVID, right? Um, there's a lot of independent houses this year. Um, usually, Universal Orlando is really big about having licensed um, houses. You know, Stranger Things, Ghostbusters, American Werewolf in London, The Exorcist, Poltergeist. The list goes on and on. Um, but you know, around the time with with COVID happening, whenever you pay for a license and it doesn't go off the way you want it to, you still have to pay for that entire run. Uh, so you know, I think Universal and this could all be wrong. This was speculation on my end. Um, they had uh, Beetlejuice, which is a Warner Brothers property, and whenever COVID happened, uh, they weren't able to use the house, and they had to kind of keep it sitting there uh, for an entire year because the house had been built, and it was like they could just rip stuff down. So they had, because of stipulation, I guess they had to like run it one time. So even after Halloween, I think it was November first or second or something, they randomly were just like, "Hey, you can go with Beetlejuice if you come to the park today." So they got people through one day through that house. And then they had to wait for an entire year and keep it closed off to do it again the next year. Um, and then since then, I feel like people weren't really sure or Universal wasn't really sure, you know, how COVID would, would fare this year, you know. Uh, and then rather than, you know, spending so much money to get so many licenses and then something happened with COVID again and, and flare back up and, you know, screw them over. They just had a lot of original concepts. Um including Halloween, which I think they've already kind of worked out with, with, uh, with uh, Avid Ari, I think his name is, who owns the Halloween franchise. The original franchise, anyways. Apparently, every Halloween is owned by a different person, and it's a whole thing. But this was the original first movie through John Carpenter. Um, so that was easy, kind of, you know, pick out. And then uh, I think the other one is like The Weeknd, the singer. Uh, he lent his his likeness and his music for, the, for both Hollywood and Orlando, which are starting to kind of work together now for the first time ever. It was always really weird how like both parks were kind of opposite. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen anything for Halloween Horror Nights Japan, but man, are they doing some really cool stuff over there with their street characters, the giant teddy bear that has all the stuffing and like bugs coming out of his stomach. And he's turned into a little icon and these giant walking monster things with like, you know, um, stilts on and they look like, uh, Japanese warriors carved out of wood like it's really cool man I love how the different universals are, are doing their own thing but it looks like Hollywood and, and Orlando are finally sharing their secrets to make you know Hollywood's not as uh, not as lame although people have been defending it they've been saying Hollywood's has been pretty good this year if you guys have any other uh, input on that if you want to defend Hollywood's uh, Horror Nights or you just want to talk about how good the Orlando Horror Nights was Hallows Eve 365 at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you um so yeah, okay, so yeah, we got to Horror Nights, and we met up with our friend uh, Kira, 
and Brad Miska, who's over at Bloody Disgusting. Uh, I used to write for them for a long time and run their podcast, the official Bloody Disgusting podcast. And uh, Brad's been a buddy of mine for a long time. So it was nice to to hang out with him for a little bit and have him in our group. And uh, we went through all the houses. So we're going to go through the house ratings. I'm going to let you guys know what my official rating is on these ones. I know it's been a long time coming and it's, it's happening. And if you're ever out there um, in Orlando, Florida, you know, with the hurricane, they had to take everything down uh, all the, the the food places and, and board stuff up. So I, my, as being an old technician out at the parks, I, I, my heart goes out to those, those gents and lads and ladies. Uh, Hopefully they get that stuff back up soon for your consumption in October. So we're going to start with the scare zones. Scare zones are the areas that you walk around through the streets uh, before you get to the houses. Uh, One thing I want to say for this year, which I really like, is, you know, because I said everything was kind of more independent and original stories. That's something I wanted to see out of Howling Horror Nights for a long time. I think licensing stuff's great and adapting movies and TV shows that you get to walk through is a really cool experience. But I also think telling original stories and seeing people's original ideas come to life is like the ultimate uh, coolest thing ever. I mean, some of the best haunts that you've probably ever been through are the, like the little small ones out in like Ohio, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, like, and you know, they have, they adapt their own stories in there. And sometimes there's some really good gems through all those. So I think this is like universal stab at that for the 31st year, which is also pretty cool because since it's Halloween Horror Nights 31 here in Orlando, uh, everything is themed like Halloween, like the, all the shirts and stuff have like every day is Halloween and the number 31 on them. And it's kind of like a love letter to just loving Halloween, which I really do appreciate. OK, so let's jump right into it, uh, starting from least to favorite. So this doesn't mean that even if it is least, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. This is just on my list from, uh, you know, it was OK to the best uh, conjure the dark. An evil sorceress has entered twisted stone ruins and called forth monstrosities from dark dimensions. This Halloween blood will feed her army of the night. Uh, this was like a, a woman who goes up on stage in this little scare zone. Um, and she, you can see her conjuring something up in the stone, like, um, I want to say like a little like altar kind of thing and the big fire shoots up from behind her and all these creatures come out of rock and stone and and terrorize people in the streets and it's pretty pretty cool little thing it's kind of you know whatever though you know like it's, there's not too much involved with the show but it works for the area that it's in next was going to go with um horrors of halloween the pumpkin lord the spirit of halloween has returned to take over this year's event Summoning hordes of fiendish creatures, including demons and ghosts and witches. Terror has taken root. Uh, this, this seems like one of those concepts that was like really good on paper. And then when it got executed, it's very bare bones. Um, the Pumpkin Lord is what you see when you come in. And I think the concept is just awesome. I've seen this concept before where like there's like this demon coming out of a pumpkin. And it's kind of like he's the pumpkin king kind of thing. Uh, a really cool look at like he's like the best part, right? This guy's introducing you to Alan Hornets and telling you to come in, I guess, is the icon this year. But there's like not much merch and stuff with him on it. He's just there in this one spot. Um, and they do what they kind of did with the pumpkins in uh, Central Park where they put them in the trees. Uh, but they kind of had it in this like pseudo makeshift uh, structure with like pipe and um, like that army covering to make it look like it's woods. And then they put pumpkins up all over the place. Uh, that flicker above you, which is really cool. I, I like them more hanging in trees. I feel like that's 
like the most organic look for the jack-o'-lanterns and trees over in Central Park. But this is kind of like the main entrance. There's no trees. It's just two big sound stages. And uh, it's okay. You know, I feel like the this is like the like least bit of scare zone that they put out there. There's only so much you can do in an area full of nothing. So I give them kudos for trying. But in the end, it just uh, kind of felt kind of meh to me. Scare zone, or sorry, Scarecrow, Cursed Soil is number three. Uh, at an abandoned farm, Scarecrow Sentinels have risen from the crust of the earth to hunt souls and seek revenge. They'll harvest the screams of those who dare enter the dilapidated barn. Now, this is in Central Park where the pumpkins usually are hanging. But they turn this more into like a scarecrow kind of uh, barn looking place. And it's pretty cool, man. Uh, the, I like the characters in this area. You know, that area lends itself so well to being a scare zone. Uh, and it's pretty neat. You know, there's a lot of like the scarecrow kind of, you know, crucifix looking things and big corn stalks and everything. I, I love that. Uh, about scare zones and it kind of brings that that vibe to universal with that you know it's very palm trees and and theme park looking so it's it's a pretty cool little place and of course you know with the popularity of the kid with the corn on the internet there's uh certain characters that like hold a corn at you like it's a knife people are like corn <laughs> uh number two pick sweet revenge the sweets from major sweets candy company have turned these 1950s kids into crazed killers with pint-sized costume maniacs roaming the streets halloween will be a night of trick-or-treat mayhem this is a really cool place uh when we did the press night they had some of these characters come in and walk around and talk with us and mr sweets and mrs sweets i guess her name was uh they are uh they were really cool interactive characters and uh granted when you go out into these streets of new york at universal the people they cast for this are so tiny that they look like kids like trick-or-treating and stuff and the, the outfits it's like a demented trick or treat right like there's the paper bag kid head and there's like you know um floats around everywhere and it's it's a pretty cool little little thing I, I liked it a lot uh probably the biggest um i guess just kind of like you know mark for horror nights this year is that scare zone and it's it's, it's pretty cool and it also homes the the tribute store where you can buy all your universal halloween horror nights merch and it just works well for the place so I, I really like this this scare zone it was, it was done really well very effective uh and my number one scare zone for this year is graveyard deadly unrest which is like a ghostly graveyard and tons of tombs and spirits and black light and man you're just calling to my heart when it when you bring like spooky souls and yeah like walking through a a, a midnight syndicated um music uh themed graveyard i loved it um <clears throat> on all hallows night a dark storm descends upon the cemetery and awakens long dead spirits these specters rise from their grave to capture souls for all eternity. No one living can escape them. Very cool effects. Very good little set pieces in this area in the Hollywood streets. Uh, easily the most beautiful and, and just cool place. There's like these like deadly twins that walk around and I think they like play patty cake and jump rope together. It's just super spooky. Uh, definitely the, the one to check out for Horror Nights. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, we're going to move right into spooky or least spookiest house to most spookiest house with a skull rating. Uh, I haven't rated these ones yet, but I do have them in the order I like them to dislike them. And uh, we'll give them the, the skull rating from one to five here. So uh, least scariest right now, Hellblock Horror, which I heard rumors was the Evil Dead house. I could be completely wrong about this again, but uh, apparently they had the rights for Evil Dead and they were going to have a house dedicated to Evil Dead, especially with Evil Dead, the game coming out and something fell through last minute where they couldn't get the rights. So they turn it into a, I guess if it is Hellblock, it is just like a prison kind of scenario, but I don't know if that worked well for that house. It could be another house. I don't really know. Uh, but uh, Hellblock definitely was was lacking the most. They too do time for their crimes. In Hellblock Horror, guests will have to survive visiting hours in this secret penitentiary that houses treacherous monsters and fiends of all kinds that are hell-bent on taking over and destroying the world. The interdimensional power core containing the inmates has failed, and the monsters are breaking out of their cells, allowing them easy access to guests in the exit. Uh, it's like walking through a prison, and some people pop out and boo at you. Uh, there's probably some little things here and there that I may have missed, but honestly, it was kind of the that was the weakest point. I, I tried to check this one out the other night. I went went through it twice, and still just kind of fell flat for me. Uh... Moving on, the horrors of Blumhouse, Freaky, and The Black Phone. Two films I actually really enjoy. Uh, one being The Black Phone. I think that movie was amazing. Um, two horror masterpieces come to life in the horrors Blumhouse guests find themselves trapped between a frantic teen and the ruthless serial killer she swapped bodies with in Freaky. Then they'll try to make a desperate escape from the dark basement of the Grabber's Funhouse before they become his latest victim, the terrifying Black Phone. Um, the bad thing about Black Phone is that most of the film takes place in the basement, and there's a cot and a phone, and so that's, that room's kind of replicated a couple times. It doesn't really work for like a really good haunted house, um, but they still did a really good job. They play the, the Pink Floyd music that's in Black Phone, and, and you know, there's a, the, the Vince Vaughn character and, and uh, the girl from for Freaky running around, and the a couple little tricks. Not a bad house. Uh, just, you know, I don't know. I feel like the Blumhouse houses always kind of fall flat for me, even if some of their movies are, are pretty fun. Moving on, Universal Monsters Legends Collide. Universal Pictures' most notorious horror icons, the Wolfman, Dracula, and the Mummy, come together for the first time ever in an all-new Universal Monsters Legend Collide haunted house. Guests will be caught up in the middle of the bloodthirsty battle between the terrifying trio as they hunt to find the amulet that will break their curse, and they'll destroy anyone who gets in their way. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge Universal Monsters fan, and I was so stoked for this house, especially after coming off the heels of uh, the, the Bride of Frankenstein house, which was freaking amazing, and it had Dracula in it, and they were like, you know, draining vampires for the for for Bride of Frankenstein to give her creation life and bring Frankenstein back once again, though Frankenstein's monster to be uh, exact. And uh, this one kind of, you know, is not as good, but I still love it. I still think it was a really cool to see the mummy. And there's also a special little treat that's randomly generated, <laughs> as you could say, uh, at the end of the house that I won't spoil, but uh, it's a still a fun house. It's cool going through the mummy tombs and seeing the wolf man popping out at you and Dracula and stuff. So it's a pretty cool little house. Moving on spirits of the coven. 
Guests will be invited to a lively 1920s speakeasy, but something sinister is brewing beneath the spirits of the coven. A coven of seemingly beautiful flapper witches will lure those who enter into the hidden brewing area. Once they've ensnared the victims, they'll reveal the haggish true form and turn guests into witch brew. They'll be cackling. Everyone else will be screaming. Uh, yes, this is like a speakeasy 1820s kind of spooky house uh, full of witches. I think a lot of people are expecting a lot more from this house. Uh, I've also heard this may have been the Evil Dead house. Not still, again, I'm not too sure. Uh, but, you know, it's still, it was still a good time. Uh, you know, witches in Salem in, in the 19, roaring 1920s is a cool little concept. And it looked pretty, looked pretty good, man. Uh, next up, bugs eaten alive while touring a 1950s home of the future. Guests will be sworn by hordes of revolting insects after a pest control system failure unleashes them. Many-legged horrors growing, mutating, and laying eggs in human hosts will form their way into the deepest fears. Those who dare enter will be dropping like flies and bugs eaten alive. Yeah, if you got a phobia of bugs, I say stay away from this house because you, you will shit your pants. It's definitely terrifying. I, you know, I don't like bugs. I'm okay with them, but I'm not, I'm not like, terrified. Going through this house, they made me definitely... Uh, you know, wipe your shoulders, wipe your face, make you feel like you had something crawling on you. It also does that thing, and I forget the title or what it's called, that phobia. But you know that phobia over like you of holes. We have little tiny holes in your thumb or your toes. People Photoshop them and it look terrifying. There's it's there's there's stuff like that. And there's like larva and stuff crawling out of on the walls. And that got to me, right? Like little holes. Like I was just like, oh no, they're doing that phobia in this house. So that one definitely unnerved me. And everybody else in my group that went through that house as well. I remember uh, Amanda and Kira uh, and my friend uh, uh, Amelia just not not digging, <laughs> not digging the horrors of bugs and holes. Oh God. Uh, but very effective, man. Like that's what you do when you do a horror house. How are you gonna make people unnerved? Like that. That's up there, man. Good. Good on you, Universal. Next up, one that surprised me: the weekend after hours nightmare. The haunted house based after the weekend. For the first time ever, multi-award-winning artist The Weeknd joins forces with Universal's Halloween Horror Nights to inspire an all-new terrifying haunted house based on the record-breaking After Hours album. With an eerie sounds of the hit album uh, revering throughout the experience, guests will step into the surreal living nightmares of The Weeknd After Hours filled with grotesque characters and themes inspired by the artist's music and short films. I had no idea that The Weeknd even had like horror influences. I saw on the Super Bowl commercial or the ad thing once and i was like all right cool it's a weekend and uh yo this this house is pretty legit it is a lot of fun it's great to go through you have fun with your you know it's like a, like a haunted nightclub when you're going through it with your guests and, and, your, and your friends and you dance around a little bit until something pops out and scares you even the queue line like another one here in orlando they put up like a whole truss system and rigs and lights so while you're standing in line bored you can like dance to the weekend's music and just rock out and have your drink and it's a good time i saw over in hollywood i think it's like I think it just put up a banner and says the weekend and you wait in a dark room. So again, just showing my love for Orlando over Hollywood until they fix that. Uh, but yeah, great house. Uh, number three, Fiesta de Chupacabras. Yes. The mountains of Latin America are filled with many wonderful traditions in one of in one tiny village. They pay tribute to the legendary creature Chupacabras with an annual fiesta. In Fiesta del Chupacabras, there are more to the legends that meets the eye in the colorful village streets are lined with the crimson blood of visitors uh universal has done this thing for a while where they have giant puppets 
I believe they started this when they did American Werewolf in London, where they had these animatronics that would attack you. Uh, and their puppets are great, man. They also brought this back uh, for a few other different houses, uh, and they'd retheme the the giant puppets that come out at you. And uh, I think obviously uh, Chupacabras work well. I mean, they're kind of like low walking dogs. Uh, and just the houses in general, like it's a really cool set. Just being out, you know, and in, in uh, the streets of Mexico, and 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 just having a good time. And and these these monsters look great. So that's my number three house, man. It was just, it was really good. I enjoyed this one. I feel like it's also like a very underlooked. A lot of people aren't talking about it, but I really liked it. Uh, number two house, John Carpenter's Halloween. John Carpenter's 1978 classic slasher film, Halloween Returns to Halloween Horror Nights in a terrifying haunted house where guests can come face to face with the merciless Michael Myers. As guests make their way through the dilapidated home and chilling moments from the film, they'll narrowly dodge attacks from the knife-wielding Myers as he stalks their every move. That's right. Uh, I was working there when they did this, uh, the first house, way back when, and it was like a, a tent. It's like a tent way in the back. And they just kind of put the facade up of the Myers house and you go through this tent and it was pretty spooky. Uh, But this year it's in a soundstage and it really gets to live and breathe and just like you see the house fully built inside and you get to go through it. And it's so cool. Uh, And you can't beat Michael Myers, man. Like Michael Myers is terrifying to everybody and you need that slasher. And Universal killed it, man. They, they, They did the same house again, but just did it better. And I absolutely love this house. Everyone I talk to says they love the Halloween house. And they've brought, I think they've done a house for Halloween two, I believe four too, maybe even five at some point. I don't really remember, but they may have brought Michael Myers back a couple of times. And to be able to bring back the first classic again, and just everyone still really enjoy it. I think that says a lot. So yeah, definitely make sure you hit up the John Carpenter's Halloween house. And for my final and favorite haunted house, Dead Man's Pier, Winter Wake. There's nothing charming about this ghostly New England fishing village. A phantom sea captain is summoning undead fishermen from the watery grave, a grisly crew with rotting, barnacle-encrusted bodies. Guests may have escaped their hooks in the Dead Man's Wharf scare zone in 2016. Now they'd better batten down the hatches before they're reeled in and drugged under the Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake. So yeah, this is a sequel house from Dead Man's Wharf. Dead Man's Pier, Winter Wake uh, is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful house. This house does something that not a lot of haunted houses have done through Horror Nights, where it's more eerily spooky and unsettling and i shouldn't say unsettling just beautifully haunting as as, as as i like to put it it's like going through like you feel like the cold like they pump the ac in there and it's like you know being on a dock uh town and just like the the way they did the facades and this thing are absolutely beautiful there's violins playing as like a ghost is on top of a uh, of a mountain playing uh her violin you hear it throughout the house as you weave in and out of these like fisherman houses and there's like these giant like Bioshock type um, old, you know, like diving suits where they have like these purple lights on. So you see the characters faces in these Bioshock like outfits and it just lends itself so well to a haunted house. And it just everybody we walked out, especially during press night, we all turn around. And we're like, whoa, that was a mate. Like that was such a cool experience, man. And I, I loved it. I, I want to see more houses that just aren't so pop out jump scary as they are just like spooky and unsettling and put you really into the atmosphere that's what i love most about howling horror nights and this one did it with flying colors uh so that one's five stars uh john carper's halloween another five star house 
Fiesta del Chupacabras, four and a half stars. I should say skulls. Uh, the Weekend After Hours Nightmare, four and a half skulls. Descendants of Destruction. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't even read this one, did I? Oh, my God, that was my number five. Descendants of Destruction deep in the subway tunnels below an abandoned toxic city. Mutated humans fight for survival in Descendants of Destruction. The deeper one goes, the darker their fate is. In the fading light of the poison depths, hideous creatures you've long ago left their humanity behind prey on all who try to make their way through the darkness. This one's really cool. It's like a subway, and then you see, like, they built subways crashed, and you see them, like, lifted into the air, and you crawl through ones that are sideways, and there's, like, black light features with, like, the these creatures coming out at you. Very cool stuff. Uh, that one definitely gets um, uh, four and a half skulls. Bugs Eaten Alive, three skulls. Spirits of the Coven, two and a half skulls. Universal Monsters Collide, two and a half skulls. The Horrors of Blumhouse, two skulls. And Horror Hellblock, one skull. Uh, great year this year, man. I absolutely loved Halloween Horror Nights. I love going back every year and reporting it for you guys. I have a great time. Universal treats us well. And it's just, it's easily, I've gone to so many haunts and I just come back to this one as just being one of the most fun. Cool. All right, guys, uh, that's it for the Haunted House reviews of Halloween Horror Nights. Now we're going to jump into comic books and movies. So stay tuned. That was the Vince Gallardi trio with Trick or Treat, part of the It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown uh, album. And man, he's my favorite jazz musician. That that whole trio, they're just they're so good, man. And those songs just bring back so many feels. Uh, I wish we had more of the Great Pumpkin or maybe a sequel uh, done by him specifically. Uh, yeah, man, such carry such vibes. And then before that, you, I'm sure you heard the Budweiser. Uh, 1990s uh, video commercial which is always so 
fun. I love going back and watching those commercials. They, especially the ones like I've seen the Dorito one with the Frankenstein so many times. That was probably one of my favorite ones and a bunch of other ones. But I love finding new ones that I haven't seen before. Okay, let's jump right into uh, some comics. Obviously, you guys know I work at a comic shop. I'm reviewing some of those on my YouTube page right now. Uh, but we're going to go through some of the, the scariest comics that come through my comic shop. Starting with Bloodstained Teeth. This is a really rad comic book that is about a vampire who's been uh, biting whoever the fuck he wants. You know, living that life. Just whatever, man, I'm a vampire. I'm going to suck blood and live my life. And I'm king of the world. Until the uh, the elders of the vampire world realize what he's doing. and Call him out on his shit and say, hey, man, we're going to cut your fucking head off and end your whole entire uh, existence if you keep doing this and being sloppy about just biting wherever you want so your dealie is for you to go back and now kill every single vampire that you've ever turned and if you do this we'll let you live so the comic is basically him tracking down people that he turned in the past and these are all like people that had money so that's why they like gave it to him as like a trade like hey make me live forever as a vampire and I'll give you like x amount of dollars so he's going up against like hollywood stars boxers people that are just like you know now on top of the world because they're a vampire and i just absolutely love this concept like watching this vampire get the shit beat out of him by this vampire boxer you know and like and the art style is so vivid and interesting um and done in a really interesting way that it's just like it really captivates you and is probably one of my favorite horror comics of the year so definitely check out bloodstained teeth Next up is Elvira in Horrorland. This is Elvira going through different horror movies. Uh, so the for, I, she's gone through The Shining. She's gone through Alien, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and it's just, they're really fun. Like, they're just turn your brain off and just have a good time comic books. And she riffs with a lot of the main uh, actors and actresses. It kind of it reads like a Mad Magazine skit. Um, and I absolutely adore this before she did Vincent Price meets Elvira and that was a good comic I really enjoyed uh, the art in that one and, and this one it's uh, it's a completely different ball game and I love a lot of the inside jokes and winks to the, the horror movies that they make fun of obviously they have to change the names and some of the themes but you can definitely tell it's still The Shining and Nightmare on Elm Street and it's, it's really good uh, Little Monsters story about a kid vampires who now live in a world where it's desolate there's nobody left to to eat so they're eating rats and just living their lives as children as vampires and they can only come out at night and it's the art's very uh interesting and, and, and spooky until they finally find some human beings uh do they befriend them do they go after them you'll have to find out and definitely pick up little monsters uh shock shop shock shop is a horror comic about uh, a horror host telling tales of terror the only downfall for this is that there's usually two stories and they're not enough for each comic book so you can only get like half a story for every time uh stories told but i love the the art in this one is this one's really good as well uh check out shock shop from uh, uh dark horse comics a town called terror steve niles new uh horror joint i love steve steve's one of my my good buddies in the horror community and he always i mean he did 30 days a night how are you gonna go wrong there uh but a town called terror is for every horror fan the art in this one is very red and dark and vivid and gothic and it's like being a, in a monster world where you go to a bar and there's werewolves and mummies and it's just a good time i won't tell you the main premise i want you to find that one out for yourself but it's definitely spooky and it has a little little bit to do also with horror hosts and how the evolution of their kids 
you know, take on the mantle. So definitely check out the town called terror next up west of sundown. This is another vampire comic, uh, but this one takes place in the old wild west. And this one has other monsters and Frankenstein's monster and vampires. And this is probably one of my favorite uh, horror comics of this year from vault comics. Uh, definitely check that one out. Um, another one is a manga called die dark. They did um, Dora Hidoro for all you anime fans out there. Uh, this is a kind of dead space in space kind of horror. We don't get too much galactic horror these days. And that infused the manga, you know, quirkiness of anime and, and manga is, is really cool. And it, it, the art is really dark and, and sketchy. I highly recommend looking up Die Dark and reading issue one. I, you won't regret it. Uh, another horror host, Count Crowley. Uh, our buddy Dan, who is a um, polka dot man in uh, Suicide Squad. This is his comic book. And it's it's pretty cool, man. It follows a female horror host uh, just kicking ass and taking names. And I, this, I love this one. Next up is uh, Creepshow. Uh, uh, Greg Nicotero uh, from AMC and, 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 and Shudder. They, you know, they have their horror, new Creepshow show. This is now bringing it back to the roots of a comic book. There hasn't been a Creepshow comic since the original came out uh, to kind of accompany the, the original movies. And this one, man, it is so good. Like the, the stories that take place on Halloween night are so freaking tight. And uh, Paul Dini from, uh, you may remember, uh, from Batman, the animated series. He does one of these stories. So absolutely pick up Creepshow out now in shops. R.L. Stein is back with horror with R.L. Stein's Stuff of Nightmares. Uh, and this is a horror comic for adults who enjoyed Goosebumps. Even one of the the main covers done by Tim Jacobus, who did the covers for Goosebumps. So if you want the adult Goosebumps, like written by R.L. Stein, art by Tim, this is your book. Uh, also a little horror hosty, a lot of mini horror stories in this one, not as adult as the creep show comic, but just enough to, you know, if you like your lighthearted stuff to be not too gory, but just enough, I highly recommend stuff of nightmares, uh, coming in to the super indie comic range with cover the dead with lime following a, um, a plague doctor during the outbreaks, uh, lots of grossness, but this, it's like a plague doctor almost like the superhero of the time going through the horrors and just trying to just make his, his way through the different towns and cure as many people as he can. Uh, absolutely recommend this one. Super gross and gritty. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful read. It's still not over yet, but uh, definitely pick up the first two issues that are out right now. And then last but not least, a comic that I talked about on my YouTube page is my favorite horror comic of 2022. And that's canceled. Um, David Bryan did this one. And it is Caravan of Terror, man. It is so good. It's all about a, a, a dead, uh, I guess you could call him a child TV show host uh, who basically infuses himself with a clown on television and comes on the TV when, when the little kids are watching and tells them to kill their parents. And all the kids go around and, and do their parents in while this clown's on TV cackling and laughing chills me to the bone man uh very unsettling the art in this sticks with you for a long time when you read it absolutely if you can find a copy of canceled track this baby down it is well worth it okay when we come back we're gonna be talking horror movies yeah wednesday october 31st 
American Movie Classics celebrates Halloween with a festival of spectacular movies. With zombies and body snatchers and stars like Betty, Bella and Boris. A marathon of classic horror, October 31st, only on American Movie Classics. All right, let's talk about movies. We've gotten a lot of horror movies in the last couple of months. Uh, we're nearing the October season, and I want you to steer clear of the bad stuff and watch some of the best stuff this October. Um, I'll be giving you guys a rundown of movies that will also be coming out during the October season. So you got a few things to look forward to. But we're going to talk about movies that are out right now, streaming and in theaters. Uh, just that really good drip man let's go for it all right first we're talking about orphan first kill uh esther's back i guess or she was back this is a pseudo prequel film to the first orphan film they kind of know where esther kind of came from which is kind of interesting because the girl would be older but they just do tricks to keep her looking young like apparently there was a scene where everybody in the cast was wearing like platform shoes just to have that you know that filming height on Esther and they did a really good job with this movie uh I loved it you know at first I was very much like wow they're just doing the same thing from the last one not really into this uh and then something happens where they flip it on its head and and that's how you flip it and reverse it uh they make it makes everything look really good Julia Stiles is in it uh I absolutely recommend if you get a chance to watch Orphan First Kill please do I think you'll dig it Next up, we're going to go with Glorious. This is a film on Shudder starring the brother from True Blood. He was also in Knights of Badassdom. Uh, you probably know the actor, but it's literally him in a rest stop bathroom. And a glory hole talks to him. Yes, a glory hole voiced by J.K. Simmons. Yes. Uh, this is kind of a psychedelic horror film that takes place in one location, possibly a COVID filmed movie. Um, this one drags out just a little bit, even with this insane uh, concept as it is. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a one off. Watch it with some friends. Grab a drink, grab a beer. It's not horrible, uh, but definitely not on my top list. Uh, yeah, glorious. Next up, we're looking at the Out There Halloween Mega Mixtape. This is the sequel to the WNUF Halloween special, as some of you know. That's one of my favorite Halloween specials to watch around the October season. Uh, made with by a, a group of guys who just kind of really kind of like what our show is. You know, it's old Halloween commercials. Um, there's, you know, it's a it's a news report on Halloween night, kind of like a ghost watch where we're going to be going into a haunted house tonight on Halloween night and we're going to be live videotaping it. And they interview people that are in front of the house and they're super excited for the, the live, you know, hauntings that will be going on. Uh, so this takes place afterwards, but instead of the 80s, it's more of the 90s. So even the com the the commercials and tone of everything has changed just a tad for the time. But they still nail that 90s aesthetic on Halloween night so, so well. You can get this right now on their website. Just type in uh, Out There Halloween Mega Mixtape uh, or Mega Tape on Google. It'll pop right up. Uh, I bought a copy of that and I upgraded my copy of uh, the WNUF Halloween special on Blu-ray. Uh, absolutely love what these guys do. It's all 100% original and straight from the heart. Absolutely go check out Out There Halloween Mega Tape. 
Uh, next, we're talking about Prey. This is the Hulu Ultimate prequel of the Predator series, and boy, this is a good this is a good Predator movie, man. Uh, if you felt kind of lukewarm in the last couple, this one really hits it out of the park. Some are saying it's even better than the first. I wouldn't really agree with that. I think that's saying a bit much. I feel like the first Predator will always uh be on top regardless uh in P- i've been seeing a lot of people dropping predator 2 to the bottom of their list if you think alien vs predator 1 or 2 is better than predator 2 you need to uh get your brain checked out i'm not one for gatekeeping but uh predator 2 and danny glover bill paxton in the hot streets of new york is the fucking shit that movie kicks all sorts of ass but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about prey this takes place in an indigenous uh tribe basically the first time the predators come to earth and he's taken out uh native americans left and right and one it's up to one girl to uh save her tribe and her people and it's great man there's even a uh i think a I don't know if the audio has changed, but he, no, I think, yeah, I think the audio has changed and there's, it's a, uh, cause the movie is in English. Um, but you can change the, change it to where it's actually their, their dialogue. And it's just, it's a good movie, man. Like the, the makeup effects in this thing are great. And it's, it's what the predator series is definitely needed. Moving on. We're going to Pearl. This is the prequel to X, Ty West X. Ty West had two horror movies in theaters this year. How cool is that, right? Like, we haven't had a Ty West movie in forever. He just done some, like, little mini uh, short movies for, like, the VHS series and stuff. But now he has this magnum opus uh, three-film arc with X, Pearl, and another film coming very, very soon to join with Mia Goth being in all three X is good. X is a great a little horror movie, kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque for the group of kids staying in a farmhouse and filming a porno, but they don't. the, the owners of the house don't know that that's what they're doing in the side house uh, until they start getting caught and some shit starts going down. And Pearl is the prequel film starring one, the old lady that lives in that house and what her life is like, uh, and played by Mia Goth, and she kills it in this role. Pearl is amazing. I love the tone of this film. I love the pacing. I love the look. This is a film that was made during COVID as well. Um, so, you know, there's a scene where it's, it takes place during their pandemic at the time. So they were able to get away with extras all wearing masks and stuff. But the, mo- the for the main part, the main parts of the movie, there's no masks or anything like that. It takes place in the farmhouse. And uh, Mia Goth, she this is her her movie. You know, everybody was like Tony Collette should get an Academy Award for her her role in Hereditary. This is Mia Goth. She has a um a uh, a scene where she just tells this whole monologue and it never cuts. And she does such a wonderful job. You can't take your eyes off her. Uh, it's bizarre. It's weird. It's dramatic. It's wonderful. Check out Pearl whenever you get the chance. Uh, next up, Barbarian. This is a movie I didn't even know was coming out until it came out. And everybody told me, just go in with no idea. Don't look up any trailers. Don't look up who's in it. Just go see Barbarian. And I did so. Uh, Just letting you all know that it's past the $23 million limit. Or limit. $23 million mark at the box office and is doing wonderful. Um, It's not really a spoiler to let you know who's in it. Um, We got Skarsgård, the kid that played, uh, you know, Pennywise and the It remake and uh, Justin Long and a few other cast members and uh, 
Richard Brake. Like this movie just came out of left field. I had no idea about it. Um, it's, I guess you could say without spoiling anything, it is a movie about the terrors that come with getting an Airbnb. Who owns that house? How'd you get there? Why are you staying there? Who's around the house? And the thing is, that tells you legitimately nothing about this movie. There's so many more underlining horrors that lie within Barbarian that you just you just have to check it out for yourself. Probably one of my favorite of the year. Uh, next up, Rob Zombie's The Monsters. All right, we're going to talk about this. Uh, it just hit Netflix today, and I love this movie. I thought Rob Zombie knocked it out of the freaking park with this thing. Uh, stars Daniel Robick as uh, Robuck as uh, Grandpa Munster. He's the Count in this one because he's not really Grandpa just yet. Um, and then we get uh, the guy that was the caveman in the Geico uh, commercials as Herman Munster and Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily Munster. And I know I, I get it. Everybody's like, why does Rob Zombie go to his wife and all of his stuff? It's just what he does, man. You just gotta shit or get off the pot. If you don't want, you don't like her and stuff, don't watch his movies. If you don't like Rob Zombie stuff, don't watch his movies. You're not gonna like this flick probably. But for people who are just gonna let down their hair and just want to have a good time with a monsters movie, it's there. It's got the camp. It's uh, it's a very colorful. Obviously, that was a universal choice. They did not want Rob to do it in black and white, so he stuck with color. But when he went color, he went vibrant. This movie is like being in a black light poster the whole time. And I loved it, man. There's burning candles and and just gr- hot greens and hot pinks on the monsters. And it was filmed uh, uh, on location, you know, outside of the U.S. And so there's castles, you know, where Grandpa and Lily lived before they moved to Mockingbird Lane. And I absolutely love that. They used the space. They used the, you know, the environment around them. Like you go into a bar, there's like mummy bartenders and, and demons sitting at tables. And it's like, that's where the monsters come from. They come from, you know, a, a village full of monsters and horror. So when they move to Bockingbird Lane on Halloween, they think they're just moving in with more monsters. Everybody's walking around the, the streets and, and, and sidewalks and dressed as monsters. So they feel at home. It's not until November 1st that they walk outside and it's pure terror for them. They've moved into a white picket fenced uh, little little town. And I don't know, man, like, it's just a good time. It's silly. It's all about, you know, uh, rubber bats on fishing strings in the original show. We're not we're not reaching for Academy Award winning Monsters remake here, folks. We're, we want to laugh. We just want to have a good time. And I think, honestly, man, this has some legs to stand on. It should definitely be a Netflix series. I could see these things being a half an hour, make like eight or nine of them. And we can move into this stuff with Eddie um monster and uh you know the the cousin that moves in and you know really kind of dive into the world and it would just be fun for fans that like it like this is like rob did it man and he has a lot of winks to the original he was a a monsters fan daniel who plays grandpa was also a huge monsters fan these are the people you want behind a a monsters remake and they did it with flying colors literally the colors are flying off the screen with this thing um and it's on netflix it's not gonna take you take you very long to, to find it. You can also get it on Blu-ray and DVD out right now. So uh, that's pretty cool. I think that's that's really neat that you, you can find it anywhere, man. Uh, yeah, Uncle Gilbert's there. Zombo's there. It's it's a, it's just such a good time. 
I think it's one of Sherry Moon's best performances. She really has fun with the role. You can tell everybody's just having fun in makeup and just doing it. It's having a good time. And that's all. That's all I want out of a Halloween special. You guys, I'm not looking for fucking poetry out of the monsters room. I don't know what people were thinking, but whatever, man, it, it's a good time. Um, cool. That's my reviews. We're going to drop down into some coming soon here. Hocus Pocus two is coming out September 30th. Probably by the time you guys are listening to this, I'll have a coverage on that in the next episode. Smile, also September 30th, looks very creepy. I believe this is that's a Blumhouse joint. We got Terrifier 2 coming from Bloody Disgusting. Uh, that's going to be on uh, Screenbox, their, their streaming service, on October 6th. That's also going to be in theaters as well, on AMC's uh, Scary Thrills event. Uh, the new Hellraiser, which we've seen a little bit of looks of the new Pinhead, which they, the Cenobites in this thing look gnarly. I'm super excited. I just hope it's better than the Books of Blood that was on Hulu. Uh, that comes out October 7th. Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus, October 7th. That's based on the Werewolf by Night comic books that I am such a huge fan of. To finally get this adaptation is going to be really cool. Black and white horror from Marvel. Uh, maybe some of you who are like super big horror fans and just do not like the superhero stuff. So you stay away from Disney plus. I feel like it's time for you to finally bite, bite the bullet and check out werewolf by night. He also fights people like moon Knight and tomb of Dracula. So let's see if we get some crossovers, right? Uh, grim Cuddy, which if you have a chance to look up the trailer, I absolutely recommend you do. So let's get me on Hulu, October 10th spirit. Halloween, the movie. That's right, the old Spirit Halloween store that I've made sure to go into and buy a lot of things I probably shouldn't. It's getting its own movie. I think I talked about that the last episode with Rachel Lee Cook and Christopher Lloyd that comes out October 11th about kids trapped inside a Halloween spirit store and the horrors that they fight overnight. Michael Myers is back and will officially be ending his run with Halloween ends on October 14th. Will this be the end of the Halloween franchise? I think not, but I think it'll mean Michael Myers takes a backseat for quite a bit. So get your last bit of Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael to the very last battle on October 14th in theaters and on Peacock. Uh, VHS 99, another one from Bloody Disgusting. That'll be out on October 20th, probably on Screenbox. I imagine that's where Bloody Disgusting is kind of leaning with a lot of their releases. I'll have to ask Brad more on that one. But yeah, October 20th, right before Halloween. And then, of course, uh, Key and Peele are back. How great is that, right? You gotta love Key and Peele. Those guys are freaking hilarious. Jordan Peele. Uh, Wendell and the Wild. Uh, They're working with Henry Selleck, the director of Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. If you liked your stop motion but would love to see Key and Peele play in a spooky-ass world, that's happening on Netflix October 28th. And that should be enough new content for you all before Halloween this year. Guys, gals, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have this on in your car, getting ready to go Halloween shopping or to a haunt. Or maybe you're getting ready to decorate the house. Uh, but I appreciate you letting me be a part of your season, as always. Uh, you know, I never again, I never try to put these things out so often to the point where they just become droning on and on. They're, you know, I try to build these shows up so you got enough material to enjoy yourselves and a little bit of music and a little bit of commercials. It just, it's a good time. Uh, if you guys want more content, though, again, head over to the YouTube page. That's uh, Horror Guy Keenan on YouTube. Uh, Howl's Eve 365 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, horror underscore guy on, on Instagram. And now I'm on TikTok. Uh, you can find me over there, Horror Guy Keenan. Um, I'm everywhere you want to be, baby. 
All right, we're going to let you guys go in a little song. Have a happy Halloween this year. I'll be in Salem, Massachusetts uh, for the Halloween weekend. I'll absolutely be doing an episode all about that, maybe a live recording from there. And I have some other really cool treats to give you guys uh, with some interviews later this month. So just keep your eyes and ears on the Everyday is Halloween podcast. And uh, yeah, stay scary. Happy Halloween, everybody. Next. Michael Audrey Myers shall be tried as an adult for the murder of his sister, Judith Margaret Myers. You fooled them, haven't you, Mike? But not me. It's a holiday you'll remember forever. Halloween night is when people play tricks on each other. What about the boogeyman? Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Seasons Donald Pleasance. As a matter of fact, it was. In a film by John Carpenter. Oh no. Halloween. Next. No, I can safely say that's the first podcast I've ever recorded during a hurricane. (laughs) Hey, we made it. Great.